At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. There's a lot of buzz about AI these days, or artificial intelligence for you non-abbreviators out there, but very little talk about the brains of the whole operation, ours. The human brain is the command center of everything we create and do. It is ever-evolving as we grow from childhood through adulthood. The question is, what are those changes and how can we improve on them by helping and maintaining what life gave us? I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco, Chief Population Health Officer of Baptist Health. Here to help us explore this is Dr. Michael McDermott. Michael is the Chief Medical Executive of Baptist Health Miami Neuroscience Institute. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thanks, Jonathan. So, Mike, let's let's start off with some basics. It's always good to give some context. You know, cardiologist, easy to explain the heart. People understand it's a muscle, so they can think in terms of contraction and what. What is the brain? What is it made of? What does it what does it do? <laughs> it sounds like a simple question, but I know it's extremely complex. Yeah. Well, um, I always like to quote Dr. Al Roten, who's a neurosurgeon, neuroanatomist, who said that the brain is the crown jewel of human creation. <laughs> you <laughs> okay. could say that before every lecture. But basically, it's a, a, a lipid substance, weighs about 1,600 grams. Um, it's compro- comprised of gray matter, white matter. Um, we divide it into cerebral hemispheres, which is called the neocortex, which distinguishes humans from other animals. And that's where our thought processes occur. Then there's some uh, more primitive structures, such as the basal ganglia, brainstem, cerebellum, that are involved in subconscious motor movements and coordination. Um, of course, there's cerebral spinal fluid created by the brain, which is, acts as a cushion. And of course, this has come up with respect to the concussion business about, you know, wearing bands around your neck, et cetera, uh, because that might increase venous blood volume. So you've got cerebral spinal fluid, venous blood volume, arterial blood volume. And then since the um, skull is a closed box, if you add another volume component that's considered other, and that's important in pathologic states uh, where patients get sick or uh, have an injury. But there's, you know, the gray matter and the white matter um, have interactive processes. They're not distinct organisms per se because the gray matter provides all the axons that connect one part of the brain to the other and the brain to the spinal cord. Um, so that's um, essentially the separation of duties, if you will. Uh, the electrical activity occurs primarily um, in, in the gray matter, and transmission of data occurs primarily in the white matter. Um, so as you articulate, very complex, a lot of different functions. It's not just a singly functioning type of tissue or singly functioning organ, if you will. Um, right. You bring up some great points, especially as pertains towards brain health and as we age, including movement disorders and, 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 and balance and various other things that sometimes people don't think about. But let, let's let's dig into a little bit of the cognitive function. You did talk about the neocortex. What What is it that makes the human brain different from, let's say, the highest level animal's brains? And and we yeah. don't have to get into a spiritual conversation about the soul. Let's stick to uh, you know science yeah. and anatomy. Yeah. Well, I'm not a, a neurobiologist by training, but um, we know, like, for example, compared to apes, for example, that our temporal lobes and frontal lobes are bigger. Um, those are involved in mood, insight, judgment, memory, um, behavior, personality, etc., and um, because we're the largest order primate and mammal, um, you know we have one of the largest brains. I'm not even sure if the blue whale 
has a bigger brain than we do. That's fascinating. Um, but um, if you look at dogs, for example, dogs have a very big overrepresentation of a primitive part of the brain called the olfactory cortex. And we know that dogs are great about sniffing everything. And they're adapted in that way. So that's a very important part of their brain function. Whereas humans, it's less so. It's a component. But our um, biggest thing is what we're doing right now. And that's having conversation, using memory, using um, knowledge of things that we've read, heard about, stored, and then relaying it back. And that's a complicated function that's actually being explored with a number of functional imaging studies, including um, MR, functional MR, um, in the whole program of Connectomics, which is an NIH-sponsored effort worldwide to try and understand the connections between different parts of the brain. So it's very fair to say we don't know everything about the brain and its functions and, and how it works. Um, yeah. Does the brain, and again, we're talking cognitive function, obviously a, a, a adolescent is more cognitively functional than a child and a child more than an infant. Um, what, how, does our cognitive, how does our cognitive function, we'll say, evolve over a life? Uh, does it peak at a certain point? Is it constantly expanding? Are we constantly processing and adding new information? You speak a little bit towards that. Uh, it certainly is relevant to people yeah. as they get older and they think of you know, how they can, and then we'll get to how they can keep their brains healthy, if you will. Right. So that um, you know, young children have the great ability to learn new languages and adults less so. Uh, we used to think that we were born with our complement of neurons, and that's it. You're gonna, they're going to die slowly. Their gray matter is going to decrease in size. You're going to become less, you're more forgetful. Uh, but we actually know that um, neurons are, and glia are being produced on a daily basis, predominantly in the subventricular zone, mostly in the temporal lobe. So this was a, a new revelation for us. Now, the article that you mentioned, uh, which sampled 100,000 brains looking at white matter volume, gray matter volume across the spectrum of individuals, um, I think is interesting, but it's, it, it doesn't necessarily structure, doesn't necessarily portray function. We know that all the time. So you can have a brain that might look slightly smaller, atrophied, so call it, and the patient is functioning cognitively very well. You might have a brain that looks normal for age, and the patient in the early stages has significant memory problems. So I think that information is important for a comparative atlas, but it doesn't. It's not necessarily so, diagnostic um, per se. Again, not to take something very complex and turn it into a metaphor, but I'm taking something very complex and turning it into a metaphor. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? I mean, we mentioned the plasticity of a young child, of a younger, but yeah, it's, I mean, yes. no joke. Um, can you? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no question, and. We see that all the time with stroke and vascular injury, where the onset of the uh, deficit is uh, maximum at, at the beginning. Yeah. And then over time, the patient starts to recover. And it's been shown that the uh, function of the injured part gets transferred to adjacent uh, parts of the brain that take over. And uh, eventually, um, the patient let's quote, take it a, a quick shift again, based on what's out in the community and what's out in uh, the uh, common um, uh, discussions regarding AI, artificial intelligence. Which uh, I know you and I are probably in agreement that it's a right. little bit of a misnomer regarding, you know, what it is and how it's being portrayed versus, let's say, machine learning. But right. can you speak a little bit to where, from the uh, the neuroscience standpoint, what AI can do and perhaps what it can't do presently related to? human brain and human cognitive function? 
Well, it's like, it's almost like anything else. Um, it's back in the days when Big Blue was taking on one of the Russian chess masters uh, to try and beat him at a game of chess. There's certain limits to what artificial intelligence can do. And even the largest number of serial connected computers can't quite do the same number of functions per second that the human brain can do. So, um, for example, let's say you and I wrote um, an essay on um, the same topic. The content of that essay would be, have many similarities but be different in very many ways. And that relates to this whole uh, um, AI platform that's getting a lot of press yeah. currently called Chat something. I have no idea. Chat AI. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I think that artificial intelligence obviously gets its information from human input as to how it should interact. Um, and, but I don't think it'll actually ever replicate. I, I, the I human agree. Brain I see, you know, the artificial intelligence could take huge data sets and process them very quickly and find patterns and correlations that maybe the human brain can't as well, but it's not, it's not there in terms of creating right. or filling Efficient. gaps in knowledge mm -hmm. that we may have. The, the, the example is always a, a girl's playing with a ball but the ball goes into the street and runs behind the car. And if the AI doesn't see the girl, they don't realize that she may run out into the street. So, you know, th those kind of things. Um, so uh, yeah. again, just, just fascinating stuff. Um, before we end up, uh, a couple of tips, how to keep one's brain healthy from a cognitive function. And if you want to spend a minute on movement disorders and other things regarding um, as we age, what we want to uh, pay attention to regarding the other parts of our brain and, and uh, neurological systems functions. Yeah, well, all the investigators that are looking at degenerative processes in the human brain, um, some of them do relate to um, activity. And so it's always recommended by uh, individuals, specialists in memory and aging, that we maintain our physical activity, that we maintain social interactions, that we maintain intellectual activity. So doing, um, you know, playing cards, doing crossword puzzles, um, little games on your handheld device, that those are all things that are actually important and um, you know obviously avoiding toxins so I would say things like you know well-known mm -hmm. historical things like huge amounts mm -hmm. of alcohol and, and bad nutrition no question those are not good for any organ system but particularly they're they're bad for the brain so um, you know I think um, I think it's very important to maintain physical and intellectual activity to keep your brain functioning we all hear anecdotal stories of you know, the 55-year-old who retired early because he had sufficient wealth to do so, and then the more accelerated decline in, in social and um, intellectual function because they're not, they're not active enough. And I think that that is evidence that social interactions, physical interactions, and physical activity um, and um, um, mental activity or are so key I guess to I should be thankful that I, I can't retire yet. It'll uh, keep my brain <laughs> functioning well. Uh, yeah. but, but there is truth to that. And I've yeah. seen that as well. Anecdotally, yeah, no. a lot of uh, patients who retire early and then they seem to uh, lose some functionalities yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Um, any final comments on um, uh, yeah. uh, that you that either you want to uh, emphasize that you discussed or anything that you want to let the, the listeners know um, that we haven't touched on? Well, yeah, well, I think, um, you know, we briefly mentioned uh, movement disorders. We're just starting our own um, movement disorder uh, clinic at Baptist Health, South Florida. And, um, you know, last night we were discussing one of the 
uh, treatments for essential tremor. We've, we're about to treat our 100th patient since September 2021 with, with high-intensity focused ultrasound, and that, that effect is immediate. So these are people that um, have tremor, which is exaggerated by intention, so they can't brush their hair, they can't write their name, they can't control a computer mouse to hit the dot, um, and it's disabling, and immediately... 35 minutes after the treatment. I mean, I've seen some of those um, videos of those experiences, and it really is just absolutely extraordinary and, and life-changing, not not just for the individual, but for the family yeah. as well, and, and very moving. Um, so again, uh, wonderful, wonderful yeah. um, uh, to have you on the podcast. Obviously, I think the take-home point is uh, no joke. The complexity yeah. of the brain uh, was still unpacking a lot of what it can do and what it can't do to maintain, if not improve, yeah. our health as we get older. Um, and I don't want to lose sight of what you said as well. Physical exercise, yep. avoiding toxins, alcohol, good nutrition, we'll say sugar as the main driver of that really does make a big difference in, in cognitive decline and other functionalities as we, uh, as we age. Great stuff. Thanks again. I'll let you get back to uh, the Great. important work you're doing. Okay. Um, <laughs> to our listeners, if you like what you've heard on this <laughs> or any of other podcasts, please, please be sure to tell a friend or a family member about us. If you have a comment or a suggestion for a future topic, please email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.